Welcome to the Gate 7 International Podcast, your official English source for all things Olympiacos FC and Greek football. The first day of training is when I realized, oh, this is why they win the league every year. When I, I spoke with Kevin, if I'm going to sign or no for Olympiacos, I say, you're a crazy good deal, like my friend. I can't speak, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Good evening, everyone. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another edition of the Gate 7 International Podcast. I'm your host for the night, Kostas Llanos, Kostas with a K. Sometimes you see me here, sometimes you see me at the sun. And this is my first ever time hosting Gate 7 International without supervision. Ari, Costa, Labro, wherever you are, thank you for this. I can't wait to start in Lubin. But you know what? That's all fine and dandy because I got, uh, I got backup tonight and I got some huge backup. And it's my esteemed friend and colleague, Martial Debo, whom you can find at Olympiacos FR and at La Nouvelle République. Martial, how are you, my friend? Well, I'm cooler than uh, I was right after the game because I was kind of pissed off. Uh, <laughs> after the loss, but yeah, I've, I've cooled down, so I'm happy to be there, and I'm happy to discuss the topics we are going to discuss with you tonight. Absolutely. It's so good to have you over, Martial, and as you said, we have a lot of topics uh, to cover, but as our good friend Ari says, uh, some housekeeping first. Guys, like and subscribe if you haven't done so already. Hit the bell for the notifications. Uh, the podcast is growing. The Olibiakos International community is growing. Uh, I mean, as you know, we got four hosts here from all over Europe. We got Greece, we got the UK, we got France, America. We got two, one of them from Maryland, one of them from Hawaii. We're being watched from uh, from every single continent in, in the world, you know, Martial, bar Antarctica. I'm not sure if we have anyone in Antarctica, but I wouldn't be surprised. So guys, <laughs> so guys, if you haven't done so already, like and subscribe right here. Spread the word. We keep growing. And we are so happy to have you all in this amazing journey. Now a little word from our sponsors. Uh, for those of you that may be looking to ship, whether you're shipping from the United States, from the UK, from Australia, anywhere in Europe because you're trying to move to Greece or anywhere else, then give our friends a call at Piraeus International. They can handle all of your trans-shipping needs internationally, whatever it needs to be, whether it, wherever you got to go, then get in touch with them on www piraeusintl.com that's the website or call them on 410-675-4696 and guys obviously bet us don't forget about that if you want to bet along with us then use our promo code gate7intl at betus.com.pa as you can see it underneath share your bets with us we will give you guys a lot of insight that will help you make better bets with the World Cup coming up, we have some fun segments planned as well where we can help you make bets and hopefully help you guys make a bit of money. Again, the promo code Gate79TL and you can use it at betus.com.pa. We also put posts on socials with a link that will help you uh, take you directly to the page you have to go to and you can enter the information there. And I think this is the point where I can stop being so positive, right? Because, <laughs> I mean, there it is. Uh, we have uh, we experienced another uh, miserable defeat to Nantes. Uh, we lost 2-0 at the Yorios Karaiskakis. Uh, a sorry way to bid farewell 
to the Europa League, Martial, uh, taking things from, uh, if we take things from the top, Mitzel started with a, a very uh, different team, lots of seconds, uh, with a 4-2-3-1 formation, it seems, with Kostas Tzolakis in goal, Thanasis Androutsos at right back, Marius Vrusai on the other side, Alexis Kalogeropoulos and Panos Retsos teamed up at centre-back, Pierre Kunde and Andreas Buchalakis in midfield, uh, Josh Bowler starting on the right wing with, Ab- with Abubakar Kamara on the left, and Youssef El Arabi playing a number 10 or moving forward to play with uh, Juan Guizhou. An interesting first half with some impressive uh, performances by some unlikely uh, heroes. Those were Andruzos and Bowler doing really well down the right wing together. Marius Vrusai did so well on the left uh, as a left back. You know, it was so good to see that, you know, after all those Ole Grebchuk's uh, masterclasses or not. Alexis Kalogeropoulos, such a good performance at centre-back. Didn't look like he was 18 years old. And Youssef El Arabi, uh, as well, kind of rolling back the years, could have had a couple of goals if it wasn't for Kamara and Huang being uh, so uh, woeful. And then the second half came in. Uh, some questionable calls by Mitzel was probably thinking about Panathinaikos, bringing Vrus- bringing uh, Vrsalik on for Vrusai, and then bringing on Sabuzis for El Arabi. Vrusai and El Arabi were doing so well. And there were no attacks in the second half. Just anything anything we saw in the first half just faded away in the second half. And Olympiakos conceded late again from Mostafa Mohamed on the 79th minute and Ludovic Blas on the 90th minute. Martial, I'm going to stop talking now. And the floor is all yours. How did you see the game? What are your thoughts? Well, as you said, I think the, the first half was uh, very not, not very interesting, but was interesting because... That I wasn't expecting that uh, from the team, and probably that with a striker, uh, another striker compared uh, compared to Rijo, it could have been one nil, maybe two nil, because uh, the the first situation uh, uh, with El Arabi giving the ball to uh, to a Kamara and, and then Kamara making a very poor choice, it could have been the one nil on there, and then I think Rijo had like two or three situation where he could have. Uh, pass better because because you, you you can see that it does not know how to play with his teammates and it's kind of a, a strange thing because he's a, he has been there since the beginning of the summer he played like nine uh, fifteen times with Olympiacos and I can't remember uh, apart from this Pasianina's game <clears throat> where I was in the stadium and I saw him like assisting Pep Biel it was the only good situation he has with Olympiacos but. As you said, also uh, Andrutos, I, I really liked what Andrutos brought on the the right side along to Bowler because both of them they wanted to to prove things to Mitchell. They wanted to show that they can offer to Olympiacos and even Vrusai. Well, Vrusai as a left back is a very very strange uh, choice, but he somehow knows to defend and also he knows to attack like. He he claims for the he claims for the ball nicely, like he overlaps between his uh, winger, and those are things that Ryabchuk does not really do, and I, I don't recall Ryabchuk doing that. And and also, I think you 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 speak about something very interesting because I have the impression that Mitchell may change uh, that weakened the team, like uh, when he brought Marcelo and Versalico in. Well, the team was uh, worse after that because 
Uh, with Vorusai on the left, we had a situation on both sides with him and Andruchos uh, being very forward, playing forward for the most of time. And Marcelo came in and he played like, I, I, don't, re I don't remember in which position he played. It could be in a, a six, an eight. I don't know. He just, I, it looked like Michel tell to Marcelo, like, go in and play wherever you want. I don't, I don't, I don't mind because it does not matter. And I think the team got weakened after that. And maybe Michel, he should have gone uh, at 100% of his project tonight. Like, play, okay, he plays a B team, play the B team in the full game. Like, do, do not use the five subs because with the current Olympiacos, I think the five subs are more a bad thing than a good thing. <clears throat> Under Martins, for example, in the Greek League, with the squad Martins had and with the confidence we had, we, we barely could lose with the five subs because we have we had a way better squad than any other opponent. But right now, the team is so fragile, man. Just don't use the five subs. Okay, if, if you, you wanted to rest Al Arabi for Sunday, okay, then take Al Arabi off. But yeah, you change the center back because Carlito Jopoulos was injured. You change the midfield, Sapunzis wasn't really not good because it would be hard to say to say it wasn't good tonight but it's still the beginning for him and maybe it was too early to throw him in the game like that but yeah i think mitchell kind of failed on that because not started to be uh to thread the olympiacos at the end of the game and yeah so that's why i was disappointing because we had the game under control even with the b team and we ended up losing him because the main reason for that is mainly psychological because we do not know how to win in Europe this season. We did not win against Haifa. We did not win against Nemasol. We did not win against Bratislava. We did not, we did not win against uh, any opponent in the Europa League. So we just don't know how to win a, a game in Europe this season. That's the, the point for me. That's the conclusion. What do you make, though, about Mitzel's um, lineup? Because we talked about this uh, a few days ago, that may, it would be a better idea if he rested some players, especially the key ones, because Sunday's match against Panathinaikos, Martial, that is a must-win right there. There's th there's no other way around it. Olympiacos have to win this. And if any key players like Pepiel or Huang Inbom got injured, Pepiel already carries a knock. That, that could be disastrous for Olympiacos. So, obviously, he went for... Um, for quite a weekend side, got a lot of players that didn't get any opportunity started tonight. Personally, I wanted, I wanted to see Marcelo start to see if because when he came on against Lamia, Olympiacos became a lot more dangerous down the left flank. I wanted to see him start to see if there was a, a way of bringing him in against Panathinaikos and bringing more more threat. But instead, Vrusai started, and I liked what I saw. And to be honest with you, I wouldn't mind if Rusai started against Panathinaikos. Oh, so I too. think a good, a nice little lesson came out of it, a nice little takeaway. What do you think about the lineup? Well, I agree with you because I, I my my opinion on Marcelo is that is almost. Yeah, I, I think he's he's done. Like he he, mm. he 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 won't start more than ten games for Olympiacos until May because he's, he just can't do that. But if you do not start him tonight in a game that does not matter, well, he, he won't start on Sunday. The risk is uh, it's too big to start him on, on Sunday. And the fact that every time he, he came 
he came on is to it's to be a winger it's to be a midfielder uh mm-hmm. it worries me because he wasn't brought for that like European football, Greek football is not a joke. You can't you can't play a player out of position just because he won like five Champions League. It it won't work. And uh, also the, the the thing that I wanted to say is that players like Rusai they they can't they can't play uh, uh, every three week every three days sorry because if you ask a player like do you want to they prefer to play every three days rather than training and wait for the whole week to play. Uh, Vrusai was able to play 90 minutes tonight and to play again on Sunday. And so that, that's why I, I do not understand what Mitchell did as a subs because Vrusai at, at halftime, I think it's, it, it was sort of at halftime, if I'm correct. Mm, yeah, it was halftime. Exactly halftime. Just look what Vrusalico did when he came in. No, it's, no, it's not possible. This team needs stability. This team needs to have a defense that at least for one game does not change. But it wasn't possible tonight. But just keep someone, if he's playing well, Brusai is like Masuras. Like he can play. He could, he could play maybe every day because he's in a good age. He has a good uh, physique and stuff like that. But uh, on Marcelo, it's becoming a... Uh, I don't know the word in English, but I think for Mitchell, it's becoming a, a problem. Like, what to do mm-hmm. with Marcelo? Everyone mm-hmm. is going to ask him what to do with Marcelo, but for the moment, he, he can't play Marcelo against Panathinaikos. But also, he can't play Vrusai as a left-back when he has Marcelo and Riabshu, because imagine if he throws Vrusai on this game on Sunday and we ended up losing. Imagine that. How, do, how does he keep the locker room after that? It's impossible. Mm-hmm. I mean, let's let's look at a few comments. We got a few questions and some and some comments coming in. First question: What happened to my beautiful beard? Well, it had to go, man. I had a haircut; the beard didn't match it. So, Parizaf, uh, I had to get rid of it. Uh, and thank you. I haven't been called a young man in uh, almost fifteen years. Thank you so much for that. I uh, got a few questions here. Uh, TF91. Guys, I go straight to questions. Do you think Andruzos and Bowler played well and deserve a second chance? Also, I think Wijo is the worst striker in history of Olympiacos. Well, actually, Martial did some player ratings uh, today. So maybe uh, that's a perfect question for you, my friend. For Andruzos, uh, it, it's not a player I would like the club to push, to push away from Olympiacos. If he has offers, I wouldn't mind letting him go. But it's not the kind of guy you resigned because he loves the club. He knows uh, what it represents. He can play in, in different position. Uh, and you, you, I think he won't complain if he's not playing. Like, he's not the guy that will ruin the locker room if he's not playing. And it also, he's not Fortunis. And, and, and I say that because no one will talk about Andruzos, why Andruzos is not playing, what Andruzos is with the B team compared to Fortuny's situation, for example. So I think it can stay because uh, I'm not expecting anything from Andruzos. And he also can play at a midfielder and, the, and as a right back. So it, it, it can be useful because Versalico is always injured and Avila can't play back-to-back games because otherwise he will get tired. And, and coming to Bowler, I would say the same because Bowler 
cannot play for a third team this season because he already played with Blackpool and he played with us. So if he leaves Olympiacos, he the only option for him is coming back to Blackpool and Nottingham. Yeah, but no, but he, he could he, he won't be able to play with Nottingham because he played oh, yeah. with Blackpool yeah once and he played for Olympiacos. So um so we with what he did tonight, well why not keeping him on the roster? Why not using him more in the in the league? Like he's left-footed, he can dribble, and given the fact that Masuras is being very, very average since weeks now, it, it wouldn't it wouldn't be, make any sense to let Bola go like this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, in the list of players that has to leave Olympiacos, there is like 10, 15 ga- names before bowlers, in my in my opinion. Mm-hmm. How did you find uh, Juan Guizhou in this game? As you can see, everybody's loving Juan Guizhou tonight. The, 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 the worst thing is that I had quite high hopes about Guizhou when he came because it was, very, it was interesting with Bordeaux last season because Bordeaux was a tragic team and he ended up scoring like more than 10 goals in a very difficult championship. But the, the, the thing is that we have to stop bringing players that does not want to be in Olympiacos. Wijo needed like he needed like two weeks to be convinced to come to Olympiacos, and it's just not possible. It, you, you know that he won't he won't succeed because uh, it's like Conrad de la Fuente. Those players they don't they didn't want to come to Olympiacos at first, and you can you can smell it, you can see it when when they play compared to. I don't know, compared to, to Valbuena when he came, even if he was like 35 years old, compared to Al Arabi, compared to in Bayon, for example. In Bayon, in the first game, you, you clearly saw that he was uh, happy to be there and he was willing to offer his best for the club, compared to Wijo, because Wijo was probably dreaming to play uh, in England or staying in France or stuff like that. But I, I wouldn't surprise if he goes to another club and stop scoring goals because uh, you know this club better than me like you know that uh, in Olympiacos the context is uh, more important than the rest and some players they can't cope with that and I think Wejo every game he plays and every game he, he does not score the problem get bigger get bigger and he does not have the the psychology to turn this around like probably he needed to score tonight to turn things around maybe Mitchell would have said okay uh, Wijo, uh, he, he can do things for Olympiacos, but after tonight, I think it was the, his worst performance uh, for Olympiacos because he had like 90 minutes and he wasted so many situations, so so many situations. That is true. I mean, uh, with Huang, I mean, when Olympiacos, when any team has signs a new striker, it's very important for them to get that first goal in as soon as possible. Like, is it their first game? Is it their second game? You get a penalty and the game is already won. You're 2-0 ahead and you got five or ten minutes to go. Let them hit it. They need to break their duck as soon as possible. And it's November now. Huang hasn't scored a goal. He reminds me a lot of Dani Garcia Lara from uh, back in 2006, if I remember correctly. And he got his first goal in, in the league in February or something like it was obvious that his psychology, his, his psychology, as you said, was uh, was was damaged, and I can see the same thing with Huang. Like he just cannot break his duck, and this is becoming um, very uh, 
very stressful for him. You know, not all strikers are like Harry Kane or Son Hyung Min, who, especially Harry Kane, he needs his time every season. Pretty much, he needs time to score to break his duck. But that's Harry Kane. Uh, usually, a striker needs to get their goal in within their first three, maybe five games. And here we are with Huang, and he's still looking for it. Yeah, yeah. Stri the striker situation is pretty much the same for for a lot of strikers, especially when they come to a a, a club with high pressure like Olympiacos, because the the, the game in in, in Yanina uh, when he missed the the tap in, he was like very close to the goal and missed that. Like you you knew at that time, he, he was going to to suffer from that, and I was like, oh no, I I I know this situation so well. I know that how it it will turn for him, and unfortunately, it's it it was the same for the La Fuente after Volos. Like you you can't recover from that in Olympiacos, especially if the team does not have results. Like it's and yeah, it's it's terrible because the the striker situation cost costed us so many things this season because El Arabi he missed so many situations in the whole summer. Uh, in the qualifier, and then Wijo came to 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 fix that, and he did not fix that. And uh, the thing is that Bakambu fixed that in the Greek league, but he could not play in Europe, so we ended up being stuck in this problem. And with, without any striker, you can't you can't win in Europe. You can't go through a group in Europe, even in even if the group is with Nantes and Karabagh and Freiburg, which is not the most most difficult group we have faced until now. But yeah. People are loving Josh Bowler, though, after tonight. I mean, here we got from Concept Calcio. I said before that Bowler should have replaced Gary last week. Um, well, I mean, Bowler, Bowler is definitely uh, so, so much quality in this player right now. I mean, he comes from, I mean, he's English as well. I mean, he comes from a, a, a rough school in England. I mean, he, he, he stood out against it with Blackpool. Uh, people have even compared him to Jared Bowen from, uh, from West Ham. Uh, Nottingham Forest and many other teams wanted to sign. Nottingham got him. Uh, Nolan Leidner Fox says Bowler is our best winger. He must play. Uh, here we have another one from TF91. Bowler should get more chances. Uh, I gotta say, after tonight's game, I think Bowler needs to get more opportunities. Personally, I feel like he stood out. I feel in the first half, he gave Nant a lot to think about, gave him a lot of problems, uh, with some really good runs, good dribbling, had a few yes. shots. Uh, Big game coming up right now in Olympiacos. One thing they don't have is a good winger, especially now with Gatti injured. And Gatti doesn't really have any product, and we don't know how uh, how, how bad Gatti's injury is. I feel like Bowler should be the kind of uh, winger Olympiacos should get behind for the rest of the season. They got him for a season. Uh, Nottingham want him to come back strong and want him to come back to, to, to come uh, uh, with, with more experience, uh, with better mentality. Why not go for him? Uh we are in a situation anyway with 10 points to recover. So Michel, he has to take risk at some point. Otherwise, uh, if he plays Masuras uh, in Leoforos, we pretty much all know how it will end up. Like Masuras missing chances, Masuras running, running and running with no product at the end, as you said. And it's the same for Gary because uh, I think Gary is a good player, but a good player, but just remembered, I think it was against Pauk when he came in, uh, where, he, where when he played against Pauk, so many times he had to, he had to just, I remember a situation where he had a easy pass to, to the striker and 
he missed that and you realize that okay that's pure Gary Rodriguez thing and with Bowler is different because tonight like I remember him winning some uh, yellow cards by dribbling he was uh, running past defenders he has something different I'm not saying he will fix any every problem we have uh, with the the winger situation but uh, he's left footed we, we do not we do not have that much left footed players apart from James Rodriguez and he knows like to 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 dribble and to create something on his wing and uh, with the situation the team is right now I think we barely have no choice than play him on Sunday because I think it's time for us to take risk otherwise we we are going to lose it everything. Uh, just a, a small little thing here, Marcial, from Lakis Gavalas. Uh, people seriously believing that Bowler is effective? The guy's a joke only for exhibition games. I mean, obviously Bowler is, uh, is a player that still needs... Uh, uh, more built, still needs some more development, definitely. But he showed something in the first half. We're not saying that he's the answer to Olympiakos' prayers. What I'm trying to say is that because of his performance in the first half, uh, and despite his lack of minutes and game time, I feel like he brought it in the first half. And I think it'd be very interesting to see him playing next to the likes of Pepiel, James Rodriguez, Cedric Bacambu. And Olympiakos don't have any other quality uh, wingers, really. They got Masuras, who he is a results kind of guy. He's the kind of guy that will get you what you want on the on the pitch on a good day. But he's not really the kind of guy that's going to bring pace. He's not really going to bring that explosiveness. He's not going to make the uh, make the opposing defenders really get worried. So all I'm saying is with the um, with the explosiveness, the likes of Pepiel, James Rodriguez, and Cedric Pacambu bring. I feel like it'd be interesting to see how Bowler could do uh, with them. And I mean, what? How many options do we have against Panathinaikos? <laughs> I was going to say that the the the, the whole bowler debate is bowler against no one. Like the the only player that could go into that comparison would be Masuras because he's the only one that can play at this position right now. Otherwise, Rodriguez is injured, Conrad is out of the group, and I don't see Vruzai coming coming back at his winger position for this game. So. Uh, to me, apart if, uh, unless Mitchell tries uh, another system on Sunday, I'm pretty much sure that Bowler will play either, either as a starter or as a substitute because the only the only way he, he wouldn't play would be us to win this game like three 0 and not needing any offensive solution to to come in. But mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We we need we need more threat threatening player and bowler at the moment is probably the main threat we have on the winger. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I agree. Uh, well, Europa League is over for Olympiacos. It's the first time Olympiacos go out on the group stages since two thousand and eighteen, since their worst ever Champions League performance with two points against Barcelona, Juventus, and Sporting Lisbon. This is completely different because it's the Europa League. Uh, this is not Karabakh and Freiburg we're talking about. Not a single win. Uh, not uh, Three losses at the Karaiskaki. Uh, this has been really, uh, really rough uh, this season. Uh, we're talking uh, zero wins within 90 minutes or extra time. Six draws, six losses and 12 games if you put in together the qualifiers against Maccabi Haifa, Slovan Bratislava and Apollon Limassol. Olympiacos have scored eight goals and have conceded 21 goals. 
this is definitely a season uh, Olympiacos want to forget. This has been disastrous. Martial, thoughts? <laughs> so many things to, to say, but uh, I think we, we, we realized this season that winning a game in Europe, either it's a qualifier or a group stage game, it's very difficult. And the fact that we entered the Europa League campaign with no win, was already a big, uh, a big, uh, I don't know the word, but it was a very difficult situation for Olympiacos because we didn't have this confidence. For example, we, we had with Martins when we went back to the Champions League. Because we, the, 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 for example, look at Karabakh. The, the, the main difference between us and Karabakh this season is the confidence they get during the summer and us. We changed the coach in the summer. We brought so many players, and like it's just not possible to build something on 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 a on ba on a basement that is so shaky. And uh, the the late goal we eat we ate in Nantes also for the for the loss in Nantes was pretty much the last the last hope uh, running away because it gives them the confidence they had until tonight for. for because not, I can tell you because I'm French and I watch not every game, uh, every week, sorry. Uh, if we have won the game in not, has they won it like with a late minute goal like that, I'm pretty sure they, we would have topped this group maybe or been second and not would have been the, the, the last of the, the group because all the confidence they would have in Europe would have gone away like in, in, in seconds. And I, I was in this game in not and at the moment we we conceded this goal, I was sure at 100% we wouldn't be able to to bounce back from that because the psychologic were destroyed at that time and you can't win any game in Europe with psychologic. I, mm -hmm. it, it's not a matter of level. Obviously, we have a, a lot of players that are disappointing. They don't have the level to play in the, in the Olympiacos. Uh, they don't have the level to to be in this club and stuff like that. But the main issue is psychology. Like, look at Sissé when he came in. Is this really Papa Busissé, the Papa Busissé we know? How, how good he was last season, like scoring a brace in Ophicret, winning us a game on his own. Like, the, it's just, it's mainly a matter of psychology because there is no way we would have lost two times against Not, which is probably the, the, the not the weakest, I wouldn't say that, but it's a, a team that went to Europe through winning a cup, not through the championship. And but we have saw on those two games which is the the more confident club between Nantes and, and us, and it's clearly not us. Well, basically, I mean, uh, let's see. Why has this happened? Why have Olympiacos experienced the worst European campaign since 2018? Well, we said it last year, uh, Marcial. I mean, here we were saying how important it was for Pedro Martins to go. Uh, in the summer, not be awarded a new contract. We were talking about this after Olympiacos were eliminated by Pauk in the cup, which that was the final drop, really. I mean, his time had had gone by. Uh, he just didn't have it anymore. It was kind of like Arsenal with Arsene Wenger when, you know, three years before he actually left, it was so obvious that his time had ended. And him, as well as Many people at Arsenal refuse to see it. Same with Olympiacos. And I said it here on the podcast, guys, it can get really bad in the qualifiers. And it did. Olympiacos experienced the worst, the most embarrassing defeat in Europe 
against Maccabi Haifa since 2004 when they lost 7-0 to Juventus in Turin. And then they brought in a manager who should have joined Olympiacos in May because he's a project manager. He's the kind of manager that's going to take the team for a summer preseason, bring the players he like, uh, he likes, get rid of the players he doesn't like. He came in too late. He was doing everything on the fly. He was putting band-aids everywhere, and that led to some embarrassing defeats to Freiburg, Aris, and uh, uh, a really bad draw against Volos. And then in came Mitzel, a manager who, yes, did extremely well at Olympiacos, but let's face it, he had a great coaching staff by his side. And then he struggled everywhere else he went. And here we are right now. Some really, really bad decisions made in preseason. Uh, the, the key one being that Olympiacos kept Pedro Martins. And basically then uh, Olympiacos created a team that was, that, was, that was put together by three different managers. I've never seen that before. This is a team that's been put together by three managers. Josh Bowler, he came in by, during Carlos Corberan's reign. And now Mitchell has to find a way to get the most of him. And now he just threw him in and saw that, you know, hey, you know, maybe we can get something out of this player. Marius Vrusai wasn't even supposed to be on the team. Because uh, Mitzel uh, asked him during the summer preseason. He never went to, uh, to Austria to trade. Uh, this is quite a chaotic, uh, this is quite a chaos going on at Olympiacos that I've never seen before. So I guess, Marcial, my question to you is, how do you explain uh, this chaotic situation? And can you see this uh, being overturned by the end of the season? I think uh, my, my main exp explanation would be it's time for the club to understand how difficult qualifiers are in the summer because it's our reality right now. Every season we have to, to, to go through two, three games, uh, uh, two or three legs probably of games. So the, this being said, uh, we have to anticipate way more the situation like to, to, and this is why this, this campaign have, have been a disaster because no, nothing was, uh, anticipated this this summer, uh, starting with Martins re renewing, but I wouldn't put all the blame on Martins because yes, the preparation he, he did was probably uh, tragic because we can see like so many fitness issues with the team. But I, I think the we weren't able to bounce back from all those late goals we considered <coughs> against Haifa, the Haifa in Israel, the late goal we considered. Uh, we considered a late goal in Bratislava and we considered one against Limassol at Karis Kakis. And those three goals, if you take them away, it's three wins out of six, six games in, in, uh, in the qualifiers. And the whole picture is, is very different because all those players, uh, I, I saw a comment saying that the, the players are washed. Like, oh, okay, it's, they are disappointing, but they have the level to, uh, to being at least second of this group. But as I said before, it's just a matter of psychology. We did not win any game in the whole summer. And after that, it was just not possible because no team was created during the whole summer. Like Martins, he played friendlies with Avram. Avram, he retired later in the summer. It makes no mm -hmm. sense. Uh, it's changing. It, it, the, the, the CB pair changed every, in every friendly at halftime. Like it was Socrates with Manolas. It was Socrates with Ba. It was Socrates with Cisse. It was Cisse with Manolas. Like it's just not possible. And choice needed to be made. Like okay, we sell Cisse right now. We make room for Manolas to to be pairing with Socrates because it was the plan maybe at the beginning. 
And those small choices the club has to make, they weren't made. And we ended up bringing Corberan in a difficult situation. And yet we, we gave Corberan players he asked for like bowler. And I, we, we all know how this club worked. Like it reminds me of Asi bringing all those Belgian players. And those kind of coaches, they like, like they last 10, 15 games. And, and yeah, uh, after that, you have uh, players that went, that came to Olympiacos for those coaches. And they are like, okay, they, we, I, I don't play anymore because the coach don't want me. And mm-hmm. I, I don't know. There is no one, there is no one explanation to this disaster, but those are small steps that leads to, to this. And to tonight, the main, the main issue is that the, on the psychologic aspect, this team does not know how to win a European game because the first half was good. With Martins, with Martins at this peak, we would have won this game easily, mm-hmm. for sure. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, guys, uh, just a really quick, uh, quick note. Uh, thank you for joining us. Thank you for uh, listening to this uh, to this show. Obviously, this is a difficult night, but we really appreciate you being with us. If you haven't done so already, please like and subscribe. Hit the notification bell to get all of your notifications and every single everything, uh, all of our content related to Olympiacos, uh, your number one source for international fans who support Olympiacos. So please do, guys. If you haven't done so already, uh, please like and subscribe. And we're going to keep bringing you all the best uh, we can from the website. Uh, I also saw that um, that comment you mentioned, uh, Marcial, uh, about the players being washed. Uh, I think it's this one right here uh, that you meant from Nolan Leitner-Fox. Yeah, yeah. How do you keep blaming Martins after months of being away from the squad? The players aren't good enough. Only a few are good, rest are washed. We're not blaming Pedro Martins. All we're saying is that Martins' time had passed. It was so obvious that it, it, it had passed. And there was, it was obvious that Olympiacos needed to make a change. They, 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 they stayed with Martins mainly because of nostalgia and the fact that he brought all the success. Don't get me wrong. Pedro Martins is a club legend, guys. Pedro Martins is a club legend. But his time had, uh, had, had, had come. Olympiacos didn't decide to pull the trigger, so they stayed with him. And, uh, instead, uh, and then all of a sudden, they realized that his time had, had passed after the European qualifiers in July, if I'm not mistaken. And that was way too late to bring a manager to turn this tide around. I mean, the, I mean, the damage had already been done. They brought in an, uh, an inexperienced manager who was more of a project manager. He brought in his own players while putting in band-aids everywhere. And then he wasn't good enough. Suddenly, they brought in another manager. He brought in the players he wanted while putting band-aids everywhere. Mitzel is, Mitzel is managing a team that was put together by three managers. That's why... This is happening, in my opinion. I mean, the chaos makes sense. The, the chaos has logic. It is unacceptable. It is unjustified. But this is the situation Olympiacos are right now. They're still doing everything on the uh, on the fly. They're still putting Band-Aids everywhere. Uh, and this is the situation, guys, really. I mean, there are some players Mar- Mitzel can build on. I wrote this, uh, this blog the other day uh, that... Juan Guimbom, Pepiel, Cedric Bacambu, and James Rodriguez are the players that always need to be at the starting lineup. Those are the players you build, uh, you build from in this um, incredibly inflated uh, squad. And here comes a very, very big game now, uh, Marcial. I mean, this is the season decider. Like, this is it. 
Olympiacos are playing rivals Panathinaikos next this Sunday at Leoforos. Panathinaikos high flyers obviously have won all of their first 10 games. We haven't seen a strong Panathinaikos like that since 2011, really. Uh, favorites to win the title, absolutely. Olympiacos are 10 points behind. And the truth is, Marcial, if Olympiacos don't win this, title is gone, really. This is it. That's it. End off. If Olympiacos won Champions League from then on, it's really second place that they can hope for. Uh, what, do you, what do you think, actually? Do you think that if Olympiacos don't win this Sunday, they can even hope for the title? Uh, it's a very tough question. Uh, I would say no, because uh, coming back from a 13-point uh, uh, point gap, it's something that probably requires uh, 20 games, maybe, because uh, it would mean winning like five games and Olympiakos uh, losing five games at the same time. And we know that it takes so many times to uh, bounce back from that, even if we have the, the players, to, the playoff to play after that. But my main worries of, about the championship for, for me is more Ayek than Panathinaikos because uh, I, I, I see Ayek going longer in this championship and with more arguments to, to, to prove. But on the other end, every derby we have played against Panathinaikos in the last two or three years have been the most difficult game we've played in Greece by far because I remember uh, losing to them in Leoforos. I think it was last year we lost to them. Uh, mm -hmm. And you clearly see that despite the, the difference of quality between both teams, they knew how to play games like that because it was the, the season's game for them. And it, it will be the season game for them because if they win that, I, I wouldn't say the title does not matter for them, but they would have won like 12, 11 games straight with a derby on it. And uh, that's why, where I'm worried because I wonder if the team we have right now is ready to face what they are going to face in Leoforos. Like the, the majority of this team we have right now is coming from three titles in a row. And they probably faced... Uh, hostile situation in Leoforos in the past because the derby is always a derby no matter the situation mm. of both teams. But mm -hmm. they did not face a derby when we had to win so much, so badly to, be, to, to, to still being alive. And I hope uh, the, the personality of players like James Rodriguez, like Bill, if he can play, or like El Arabi, like Bakambu, will speak on the field because this is what we need. We need that more than any... Uh, tactical system. We need that more than more than everything. That the, the personality of the player we have, which is the better, the be the best personality of all the league, needs to speak, needs to express itself. Because the it's my only hope that we ended up winning this game, even if Aitor is injured, even if Panathinaikos has a lot of weaknesses on this team. But <sighs> let's see what happened. But it it, dep uh, it depends on. The, the, the period of the day because at some point I'm optimistic and I'm okay it's it's really possible we win this game because we have Rames we have Bakambu it's Panathinaikos it's not a big team like the players aren't that good but on the other side I'm I'm starting when I see for example the goal the first goal we ate from now tonight I'm, I'm like okay I, I could easily imagine Panathinaikos scoring the, the same goal 
uh, in mm -hmm. our defense. Well, uh, we are being joined uh, by one of our fellow hosts uh, tonight, Martial, and that is none other than Kostas Levoyanis, Kostas with the C. Guys, kids finally asleep. Olympiakos European Nightmare finally ends. Zero goals at home this season in the group. 4-0 Maccabi, 3-0 Karabakh and Freiburg, and 2-0 tonight. Says it all. Never yeah. again. And he means it because he's using capital letters, as you can, uh, as you can see. So Costa is not playing tonight. Not now that the kids are asleep. Uh, and he comes back with, we need to stop buying marquee names at twilight of their careers. Valbuena an exception. Trust in our youth and academy. The days of Rivaldo, Giovanni Carebe, etc. are over. Guys, if you want to see Costa uh, joining us uh, tonight uh, in the flesh, then uh, start uh, start pressuring him on the comment section. If you all keep saying, Costa, Costa, join, Costa, join, Costa, join, maybe he'll actually join us. You never know. Weirder things have happened. Marcial, one thing that really, really uh, bothers me and worries me is that it's November, Nordbiakos haven't won a big game yet. They haven't beaten a big team. They didn't beat anyone in Europe. They have lost both of their derbies, if you count Aris as a derby. Do you think that uh, causes uh, trouble? And the player's mentality, like, do you think there's a chance there's a locker room that thinks, you know, we just can't win a big game? Do you think that they, they feel like, you know what, this is a big game against Panathinaikos, the biggest game of the season. Can we win this? Do you think they, they how do you think their mentality and morale is? Well, it, it's very uh, hard to answer because I think that there are, there, there are two teams on the, on the squad right now. The team that have been played that have been playing in the Super League recently and the team that has played in Europe all season. Uh, the team with James, Bakambu, uh, probably Samaseku also, has the, the psychology to win uh, this game in, in Panathinaikos. The, the whole team, including the European players, are more worried about that. But you're totally true about the fact that we did not, we did not win any big game until now and probably maybe if we uh, break this curse on Sunday it will unlock so many things because the game against Pauk it's the, the most the most you you see it again like the withers did get the fact that we did not we did not win this game it reminds me the Pauk game we, we lost okay, due to the Vukovic on goal if you remember I remember that very well <laughs> but uh, it was obviously something was being built then yeah, a game that we should have won, like probably four or five nil at that time. And I, I, I'm not saying the power game, we should have won it easily, but man, we were the only team playing football that night, and we somehow lost that game. And so, I think that the the the, the it's the same about the league and Europe. It's just a matter of psychology. The Aris game we lost in Aris, we were leading that game. Uh, and Pauk, as we equalized that game and we ended up losing him. And we just can't keep a result. And that worries me against Panathinaikos. Because imagine if we are 1-0 for Olympiakos and Panathinaikos put the pressure during like half an hour. I'm pretty sure we will end up uh, eating a goal in, you know, the stoppage time. And I think it would be the worst situation for us. Like uh, not winning in the stoppage time compared to losing like 3-0, because if, you, if we lose big time on Sunday, you're pretty sure that Marinakis will uh, fire half of the team. But if we are close to a win and we ended up drawing on the last second, like, the, the, damage, the damage would be worse. Um, I would like to answer to the comment of, of Lakis Gavalas. Yeah. Go ahead. 
I think it depends of uh, uh, the World Cups this year would do with Senegal because if he's good with Senegal, the price could go up. But I, I'm not really worried about Sisse uh, sale because I still I, I'm still thinking is a good defender. It's just with the the personal situation he has uh, earlier in the season. It's, it it reminds me of Madi Kamara. Uh, but Mani Kamara two last season with Olympiacos, like he, he has to he had to go earlier, and it's the same for Cisse. So maybe six, seven million between five and seven million, I would say the price will be a fair price for Olympiacos. Mm-hmm. We are not going to sell Cisse more than ten million unless Senegal goes to quarterfinal of the World Cup with a wonderful Cisse in defense. But I think I mean, it's time for Olympiacos to downgrade the expectation in terms of sales because you can't sell a player more than 10 million from the Greek league right now unless it's Semikas, unless it's Podense with the Mendes connection. Uh, so let's see. Well, to be honest with you, though, um, I do feel confident ahead of the Panathinaikos game. It is a it is a huge, huge game. It is the biggest game of the season. It is a make or break. If, if Olympiacos lose, that's it. The title is definitely done. That's it. 13 points. Are you kidding me? Title is done. That's second place you're looking at after that. But the development, the improvement is there for uh, for everyone to see. Even tonight, the first half was really good. Olympiacos could have could have scored two goals against a strong non-team who were looking to, who were playing hard to finish second. Uh, they weren't, they weren't disinterested. They were, they were very interested in this game. Uh, and obviously, you know, Bakambu wasn't playing. Kamis wasn't playing. Samasek, who is a really good player and he should be involved in Leoforos. I'm, I'm confident that uh, there's something could come out of this. And like you said, it's very important to win because this is going to unlock a lot of things. Olympiacos are going to get a lot of confidence and morale. Panathinaikos, are going to lose their first game. So the Lion will continue fighting for the rest of the season with quite a significant injury. So we don't know what that's going to do to their uh, morale and confidence. Uh, I don't know. Maybe someone we know could help us with that. Uh, none other than my namesake, Costas, is with a C, Costa Levoyanis. Costa, we did it. We managed to bully you into joining us. I uh, know. I was going to congratulate you on, um, you know, making sure that everything's running smoothly. Uh, okay, now you can go. <laughs> okay, yeah. come come back, you you crazy crazy man. So tell us uh, opinion about the Nantes game and what do you expect with Panathinaikos now? I expected nothing from today's game. I think um, I think not. I, I was surprised at how poor Nantes were in the first half. I don't know if it was because we were good and they were so bad. I think the fact that Blas wasn't in the team, it was a big uh, a big miss for them in the first half. But but overall, I thought first half, despite fielding a heavily rotated team, I felt, I mean, we had more than 64, 64, 65% possession at times mm-hmm. during the first half. And I mm-hmm. was quite, you know, pleasantly surprised by that. I thought the... The four Greek boys at the back did really well. Uh, Retsos had a bit of a shaky start, some poor passes, but he grew into the game. Galogeropoulos looked like a professional that had been playing for for a long time already, not like an 18-year-old green kid that had never played 
European game in his career. And um and Andrutos looked like he was up for it tonight. It's like this, I don't I don't I don't get it with this player. Like he's you know, he's played a game like he's played tonight. It's not, you know, fantastic, but put in a couple of good crosses, he made some good challenges, he's caught a little bit out of position on the first goal, and you know, Blas Blas has uh, created an overload on the left hand side and he's unmarked, he puts a cross in and you know that's one nil. But but overall, no, like the first half, there are positives to take. And then, um, you know, we took off the player with, with the most quality in the second half. El Arabi comes off uh, and he was really you know, connecting the midfield with the attack and, and bringing uh, Abu Bakar Kamara into the game, um, trying to get the ball to... To Wijo Huang, and I think from the moment he came off, the game was kind of over. There was no way the ball was getting forward. Um, I guess you guys have talked a lot about Josh Bowler as well. I thought he was quite good yeah. in the first half. Yeah. Uh, I think, I think out of all the players that haven't been playing under Mitchell, maybe he's the one of the most um, that that can feel the most aggrieved. Uh, but uh, I did listen to his post-match comments and he seems like a very down-to-earth, like serious professional. I mean, he he said, you know, he's putting in extra hours in the gym and he's ready whenever the coach wants to use him. And he wasn't arrogant or, you know, s- seemed hard done by. Um, so I expect to see more from him. And, you know, okay, we lost... We lost 2-0 on the night. I think you guys read... Yeah, you read my comment out. It's a season. It, it is a season on the one hand that we want to forget. But on the other hand, we don't want to forget it because we want to remember how bad it was so that we make sure it never happens again. I mean, let's go... I mean, guys, I'll be honest. This makes sense, what happened this season in Europe. Horrible preseason. Horrible decisions were made. A completely different team playing in Europe, a completely different team playing in the league. This is not the Olympia, the real Olympiacos who got eliminated. Not the real Olympiacos has Bakambu, has Hames, has Amaseku, has a completely different style into their game. Uh, there's logic in this that w- in what happened, especially tonight, because they were playing their seconds. But let's not make him let's not be mistaken. What happened this season in Europe is disgraceful. It's an embarrassment, it's a humiliation. And Olympiacos, I've said it many times in this podcast, should be aspiring to be the Bayern Munich of Greece. Of course, they're never going to be as good as Bayern, never. But what I'm saying is they need to find a way to separate themselves from the whole, uh, from the whole Greek league thing. It's Olympiacos and everyone else. And the reason why they could do this was because of Europe. The fact that from 13 out of 15 attempts, they always made it to the playoff, uh, to the playoff phase of every European competition. This is disgraceful what happened. Olympiacos' identity is on the line after what this happened. Next season is going to be crucial, especially with Christian Carebe coming out and saying Olympiacos should be in a final one day. I don't care what happens in the league this season. If Olympiacos don't finish second, okay, they finish third, they finish fourth, whatever. I expect them to go to the quarterfinals of the conference next season. I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding. Olympiacos need to regain that European flair. They need to regain their European identity now after this shit show of a performance. I like to be an optimist and I like to, to, to call a spade a spade. I like to admit that what happened now makes sense. 
the, the, there was a lot of chaos. There was a lot of drama, bad decisions in the summer that Olympiacos are now paying. It's getting better. We saw it against Nantes in the first half. We saw it against Karabag and uh, Freiburg in the, um, in the return fixtures. Now we have to see it against Panathinaikos, guys. And I'll be honest with you. If Mitzel doesn't beat Panathinaikos and then doesn't beat Aik, in my opinion, I think it's maybe time uh, to, to let him go because I don't think Mitzel is the guy who's gonna re- who can rebuild a team in this condition. Bring in a manager for the rebuild. Call a spade a spade. You know, this is it, guys. We tried, we failed. We need to think about next season. We need to rebuild for next season. I don't know. What do you think? Well, I, I agree with you. Uh, the, because if we, ended up, if we end up losing both derbies, it's like we can't even speak about the second place because Ike would be like at least seven points ahead of us. And I don't see a world where uh, every, any coach in the world could win back 13 points to Pau and like seven points to Ike with the, with the current team he has at Olympiacos. And I, I would, I, I mean, if the season is done after at the I game, I wouldn't mind to keep Mitchell because he, he would play academic kids all the way up until the, the end of the season. And this is the only thing that matters, like to make Endoy good enough to be a starter next season, to make Kalogeropoulos good enough to be a starter for Olympiacos, to, I don't know, to have uh, uh, Mvila and Imbeon playing like. 15, 20 games uh, uh, along together in the midfield to have Bakambu playing 20 games straight until the end of the season and stuff like that. This is what we need right now. Uh, mm. So I don't mind if Mitchell st- can stay until the end because there is no coach on the market that could be the, the miracle signing that we were expecting probably after Martins. And but it's it's all a matter of psychology. The, the the most time we wait for a big win in a game, and the, mo- the the most time we will be in in this situation because as as soon as the, the the this will unlock on this team, I don't see anyone being able to stop Olympiacos. Let's look, James in like five four five games. How many goal he was involved in? And it could be the same with Pep Beal. It could be the same with Bakambu. It could be the same with Imbeom if he's able to play back-to-back games and stuff like that. Even Pashalakis, when he came, he made almost a clean sheet at every game. So we have some points on which we can rely, but it all depends on the fact that the team needs a big win. And if it's not Sunday, it's never. What do you think, Costa? I think at this point, I kind of agree with Marshall. I think more, more or less said everything that needs to be said. Uh, sacking Mitchell, probably not the solution, although I can admit that people will be calling for his head. Oh, yeah. After I, he doesn't beat them, yeah. Yeah, yeah but then, then what? It's basically back to... It's basically back to the season where we ended up with Lemonis coming in after Hassi and then Lemonis leaving and then the, the Spanish guy coming in. Oscar, uh, uh, Oscar Garcia. Oscar Garcia and then uh, Vuzas taking over for a game, was it? And then Christos Kodis. <laughs> oh, no, that was 
yeah, there's there's not a serious manager that will take the job as the fourth coach of a season. Even my wife was asking me today, it's like, who's that on the bench? Isn't it the guy that you guys asked a question to in the press conference anymore? So now he, <laughs> so he left ages ago, sweetheart. And she was like, oh, what happens there? Did they change coaches every couple of weeks? It's like, well, you know, I think I think he lasted longer than Liz Truss in the UK, but... But he did. He did. That <laughs> he is did. a fact. That is a fact. Yeah. So um, yeah, I, I I like I like Marshall's logic too. If if anything, you know, Mitchell's got balls. Like he's not afraid to put the young the young kids in. He showed it previously with like Vergos at Old Trafford was an example. Okay. Regardless of you know what happened to Vergos and how his career ended up, like he's not afraid to to go and pick kids out of the academy and, and give them their chance. Um, so, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. thanks, Costa. Give me a chance. The it, it's, it, it, it's not so much that like he's the man for the job, like, but but I think that if if he doesn't beat Panathinaikos, if we don't beat Panathinaikos, if we don't beat Ajax, then I think then you know there needs to be a discussion had with the board, whereby they tell him, look. All right, stay until the end of the season, and they start looking for the next manager for the next season, and uh, do what they did with with Martins. You know, they want to know who the manager is in April, May, and uh, the manager has a chance to to watch the team, get to know the squad, and then you know come in ready to take us from preseason and 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 build, rebuild, whatever you want to call it. The the question I have. Uh, I asked myself. I asked myself the last time: Is is it worthy to uh, win the title uh, with? Uh, I don't know. I don't know to say that. But if we ended up bringing like uh, three, four big players in January, with no uh, real future hope for Olympiacos, but just for them to win us the title, is it worthy for Olympiacos? Is it sustainable to win the title at all costs, or rather to focus on probably using all the disaster we have done until now to prepare for a big comeback, if I can say that, later, uh, last the next season with, for example, Endoy as a starter with Carlo Gelopoulos in the lineup or near the lineup. And, you know, to, to find a solution to, to build something more sustainable for the future. Because I, I know it's very difficult for Olympiacos to say we are not really interested on winning the title because it always matters. But what worries me is that I'm, I'm fearing that Marinakis will want to win the title at all costs. And I kind of agree with that. But sometimes it can block, it can block some progress we have made. Uh, that uh, uh, A bad situation, sometimes it's the perfect context to launch new players because we have no, no other solution. And some, I'm I'm stuck in a in a dilemma sometimes because I want I want us to win the title because we need that it's because we are Olympiacos and we should always aim for the title, but we have won titles that did not uh, produce anything after it because it was it was it was not sustainable and that's my fear that for I example like if you, if Rames wins us the title and he ends up uh, leaving for elsewhere. Would it matter for Olympiacos to win it like that? That's my question. I feel like there is a bit of panic going on, because, especially because Nottingham Forest are also struggling in the Premier League. 
uh, I feel like I feel like they, they, the best so what the, the, what they're looking for is a balance of what you just said. Like yes, win the title at all costs, but also build something for the years ahead. And we're seeing it with Andreas Doi, with Carlo Hieropoulos coming in today. Um, I feel like there's a balance that they they want to achieve. They want to Olympiacos always want to look forward to the future. They always want to build uh, the team of tomorrow. But winning the title is always uh, important. The, the, the number one uh, priority for Olympiacos. So that, that it has been like that since the days I became an Olympiacos fan during the Socrates Kokalis days. Uh, so yeah, I do believe Olympiacos are fully focused on winning the title. We saw it against Nantes tonight when he started the seconds. Uh, basically, a completely different team than we would expect. No Huang, no Biel in the team. Biel, obviously, we know that he has a knock and he's probably not even... Uh, or Mitzel will have to make a late call on him playing against Panathinaikos. Uh, I feel like that's what Olympiakos is trying to do. They're trying to find the balance in all this. But because the, the, the squad is so inflated and because a clear-out is in order and because, well, let's face it, we don't even know who the manager is going to be next season... Uh, I feel like there is a big uh, question mark in there. But to answer your question, I feel like there's a balance that is trying to be achieved by Olympiacos in that regard. What do you think, Costa? I don't think the solution is bringing more players. I mean, the manager was pretty clear about this as well. When he when he joined in his press conference, says he wants to work with 24, 25 players. Uh, I, I have a question back to, back to Marshall. Who do you think... Who do you think we'd be looking to bring in if we were going to bring in more players? You think like a an experienced centre back, or I, I don't know. I really like. I think that I think we have to we have to settle we have to settle the squad. No more signings. But like when you when you think about it, what 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 positions do you kind of think we would go for? You mentioned the centre-back, and I'm pretty sure that it will be the main target. And we need a centre-back because, apart from Doi right now, I don't see someone being able to play consistently at a good level because every centre-back we have, like Retsos, is always injured. Uh, Socrates is ageing, and both Spa and Cissé, uh, I love them, but they have uh, concentration issues and they probably do not want... They probably want both to leave, so they all they both need to leave, and uh, that's why I, I was saying with blocking some progress we have made. Because if we ended up bringing a top centre back, maybe Endo we will play less, and uh, and that's my fearing. But I agree with you that uh, we need. I think we, we we don't need any any signing if only it depends on which leaves who leaves the club uh, on January because we probably will need a striker uh, if both Wijo and Kamara leave and someone to play the third striker unless we bring Ali Gadgets or Bar from the B team and also mm -hmm. that's a point I wanted to to, to say because I I think it's luckiest that say that Carlo Gelopoulos had trumps wholly in the game but we have to say that the B team hasn't played uh, a single game, a single league game since ages. So, well, that's why the ta the task is very difficult for Mitchell because he doesn't have a, a lot of players to bring in, fresh player to bring to bring him in the, the first team. And uh, yeah, that's 
I'm worried about what Marinakis has in mind for January because we all know how this club works and every every time we have a problem, the solution is to bring more players in and I'm afraid of that. The culture is there indeed, but like I, I have to agree with Costa. Like you know, there's so much uh, content in this team, so many players. There is a lot of qualities. The quality players, those are quality players. They just still need to gel. As I said, we found four players in Bakambu, James, Huang, and Biel, who are the kind of players that can be the backbone of your starting lineup. And I'm and I'm glad to see them starting uh, in the last few games. I feel like that's. Um, if, if Olympiacos bring any players, they need to be tweaks. Just like in every January transfer window, you just need to bring some tweaks. You can't bring uh, difference makers. Um, uh, Costa, do you have a rebuttal so we can move to man of the match and the coach is great? No, the only thing that I would say is that the one transfer move that I would be open to would be a winger. Like mm -hmm. a really good winger. I think that if an opportunity arises to sign a winger that can like really make the difference, we like to say in Greek, uh, I think that's the one that I would take. At centre-back, I think we have so many. Yeah, We yeah. still don't know like what the centre-back pairing is, mm -hmm. although Socrates and Doi at the moment seems the most stable partnership that we have. Experience in uh, youth, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I hope that that's the partnership that we go to on the weekends because there was some talk about about Cisse. As much as I love him, I think he's done. Like He's come full circle and needs to move on. Um, so, yeah, that's that's the one window that I'd leave open if we find the good winger because we just we don't have we don't have a winger. We play Biel on the right and we play Masuras on the left. Neither of them are natural wingers. The only natural winger you have is Josh Bowler and Conrad de la Fuente, who's never going to play again. Never, never. Never going to play for Olympiacos ever again. Uh, I, I saw some people giving shit to Josh Bowler. Like, oh, why are you blabbing on about Josh mm -hmm. Bowler? It's not like we're talking about Josh Bowler as being, you know, wow, he's amazing. But he's the best winger that we have in the roster am i wrong i don't know if you're wrong uh i, I don't I, I don't think you're wrong tell I, me I don't know. tell me if i'm wrong i don't, I don't know if you're right i don't know if you're right you're not wrong anyone in the comments do we have a better winger than it's josh bowler that, it's just that we haven't seen much of bowler as much as we've no. seen anyone else from anyone else just just on this point because like i know when he started playing and he came in on the and he'd get the ball and he'd dribble at three players and then instead of cutting the ball back he'd shoot at the goal in his first game i remember that's like, what are you doing it's like decision making is one of those things um but today Today, he put in a mature performance. I think he clearly understood that, all right, this is an opportunity for me. And he didn't overdo it. Like, he, he ran at people. And when he ran at people, he ran with pace. And the only way to stop him was to foul him today. Mm. It was the only way to stop him was to foul him. And, like, his passing was quite good. Like, he was accurate with his passes. He played the ball into space. Like, no, you've... He's, he's got to play more for me. You've got to see more from him. Gary, okay. Gary, uh, yeah, could be our best winger, but he plays two and then he doesn't play five. 
So not reliable. He's not reliable to the extent that you forget that he's on our team. That's the thing with Gary Rodriguez. Can't rely on him. Sorry. Well, uh, Josh Bowler did do very well uh, tonight. That is that is definitely uh, true. Uh, but what about the man of the match, guys? Uh, Martial, shall we start with you since you did the player ratings? I would say Andrusos for me. Mm. Because uh, it's uh, my choice would be between Andrusos, probably Kunde in the midfield, but the choice would be would be Andrusos because or Bowler, but I would say Andrusos because he's playing out of position, and I have to say as much I I don't want I don't want to see Andrusos as a right back anymore after the Andrusos Lala competition we have had in the past but what Andrusos did in the first half was better than Versalico did since he came for Olympiacos mm-hmm. I have to say he was he was good at defense he was trying to attack he was uh, offering situ- solution and stuff like that so I would give him the man of the ma- man of the match but it's the is a is a man of the match by default if, uh, if I can say that because mm-hmm. no one was really Man of the match of the following Jagos night, but it has to that be is true. that is true. What do you think, Costa? <laughs> I think Weijo Huang was worse than the match. <laughs> oh, Nico was better, I have to say. God damn, like the one the one transfer that, that we broke this summer, you know? Weijo Huang's coming to Olympiacos, <laughs> we broke the transfer. Can you at least like score a goal or do something? <laughs> no, I'm so disappointed. So disappointed with him. Like, uh, and just to end the whole uh, Josh Bowler, Gary Rodriguez thing, because some people are saying, oh, I didn't say if we can rely on him and who's the best. I said, for me, Gary, it's like Gary Rodriguez doesn't exist in this squad, he's that unreliable. But point taken, fine. Who's my man of the match? Yeah, Josh Bowler. Um, for me, hello to Doron Tour as well. Uh, go and check out his podcasts for your Nottingham Forest updates. And by the way, Absolutely. like there have been hundreds of people like tuning into the channel tonight, and we still only have around 37 likes. So for fuck's sake, <laughs> not threatening anyone, but it takes two seconds and less to click the button hit the like, and then that helps the channel to actually get out to more people. It really helps us, guys. So if you haven't done so already, hit the like button. Uh, don't forget to subscribe. Uh, and, and yeah, just to, to finish up, Josh Bowler, for me, gets my man of the match, but it's not really saying a lot. I don't think, like Marshall said, I don't think there was really anyone really stand out in a 2-0 defeat. Um, shout out to Andrutos as well, first half performance in particular. Uh, and Vrusai, like he played some really nice balls from the back, uh, like some di- diagonal balls in behind to the to the attackers. Yeah. <laughs> We've seen from our re- regular starting left back all season, like the three or four passes he made forward today. Um, and coach's grade. I will get there. We'll get there. Let me. Okay. Uh, let, okay let, let me, let me, let me chip in with that. 
Uh, well, I, I agree with uh, I agree with both of you. Like uh, Ambrosius did really well, Vrusai did really well, Bowler did really well. Uh, I agree mainly with Martial that you can't really find a man of the match from Olympiacos, but I really liked Kaloyeropoulos. He did not play like he was 18 years old. Some really good positioning, really good marking, really good uh, mentality as well. Uh, his head was very much into the match. And after his injury, when he came off, like, I mean, he that's when Olympiacos really crumbled. Uh, so I'm going to give it to Kalogeropoulos personally. Uh, as for as for coaches, great. Well, Costa, you're more keen, so go ahead. Probably a B minus for me. May yeah, B minus. I think it was ballsy what he did today, even though he kind of didn't really have a choice um, because the priority is the game on on Sunday. I think he gets a B minus because I don't I don't really understand why he took Versailles off in 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 the in the beginning of the second half. Maybe, maybe for Panathinaikos, yeah. Yeah, maybe. Um, but also, just uh, I would have liked to win today. Like I just I think I think the changes at halftime and while I understand, you know, take off El Arabi make sure nothing happens to him ahead of the weekend. Is Larabi really going to start against Panathinaikos? Are we going to play two strikers? Isn't Bakambu going to start? Maybe he wants him as an alternative, wants to make sure he doesn't get injured. Yeah. Okay. For, for me, I would have liked to go for the win today. I think it's in, I think it's important, not only for prestige, like, but just like the fans really needed that tonight. Something. like It's... It's really hard. It's really yeah. hard to get out of Europe with without winning one game. And we haven't won a game since last December. November. Game. Yeah. Yeah. It's been the, year. No, no big games. Game. No, no big wins yet. Yeah, no big wins yet. Uh, just a, just a quick one, Martial, before I get, come to you. TF91, you have no idea how much this means. Every Olympiacos fan should only listen to this podcast, even if they don't speak a word in English. This is pure quality, nothing to do with the Greek toxic journalist. Thank you so much for, uh, for your kind words, TF91. But always remember, this is always about you. This is always for you. And Concept Calcio, Gate 7 International, is the best thing about following Olympiacos at the moment. Thank you so much. But like I said, this is always about you. Guys, we're doing this on our downtime. This is, I mean, something we do um, uh, uh, when we're supposed to have a free time. But this is always for you. This is always about the Olympiacos community. And we're absolutely honored to have you guys following us. We have the best fans. Martial, coach is great. I would give Mitchell a C because the, the main limit of Mitchell is I don't understand every change is doing in every game. As I said earlier on the pod, because Costa with a C wasn't there already, I think at the moment the five subs uh, should not be used every time for Olympiacos because the team is very fragile and you have to keep a basis on the team. And taking Vrusai off tonight was a big mistake because uh, him and El Arabi were part of the good first half we had at that time. And those changes, it makes no sense. Avila came in as a winger. He came in to be a right winger for the last minute. Marcelo came in to be a midfielder. Uh, it makes no sense. It, it, he used Camara to be, uh, to be a winger to, tonight. 
at some time, it's really hard to understand what he wants to do. And I kind of agree with one comment I saw earlier uh, about Mitchell not being able to have a fully a full uh, game, a full good game with Olympiacos, because the game against Pauk, you had very interesting moments, but it kind of bottled that game. And it reminds me, if, for example, of, on, on Sunday, if we are winning the game in Leoforos, it could take off like James Rodriguez or it could take off Bakambu too early, maybe. And I'm worried about that because uh, sometimes you just have to let the team play. Like Martin, sometimes he was doing that. Like we were all moaning about that, if you remember. Oh, take, take off some players, like rest some players or change some players. But if they, kept, they keep winning... You, you just have to use them to keep them on the on the grass and the 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 thing i would uh, i would hand with one thing is that players that so we only prefer to play back to back games compared that to train so it doesn't matter if Brusai played the whole game tonight he could have played on sunday he could have played on 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 thursday maybe so i don't get what what Mitchell did tonight and that's why he has a, a c as a grade well, uh, first of all, we all want to see this. Labro versus Takistruka last rant comp. I think that would be excellent content right there. That would some so, really much, so much that I would actually look into making how to make that happen. Like, Easy. La- Labros calls Tsukalas. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. How many seconds until Tsukalas is at the yard and shuts him down? Anyway. He's, not, he's, not Greek. he's not Greek. He's not really Biagos fan. He's not Greek. There aren't any early Biagos fans outside of Greece. What? Anyway, uh, I would give I would give Mitchell a B minus. I'm not giving him a C, even though this was one of the most embarrassing defeats Olympiacos has have ever experienced, especially at the Kareskaiki. I'm gonna give him a B minus because he played the seconds. He played a very rotated side. Um, and uh, we saw a very good performance in the first half. I'm pretty sure if we had Bakambu and Hamas in there and Pepiel and uh, Huang, Olympiacos would have won this. Some bad, uh, sw- some bad subs at halftime. Vrusai and Larabi coming off for Vrsaliko and Sabuziz. Uh, but then again, I mean, he was thinking about Panathinaikos. I mean, guys, let's not be mistaken. Uh, the game with Panathinaikos is a season decider. If Olympiacos win this, this is it. First big win of the season. That could change everything. That could be the beginning of Olympiacos' uh, campaign to the title. If they lose, this is it's over. It's over. Uh, and from then on, they need to get something out of Ike or else they could lose even second place. Uh, and that's all the time we have, really, guys. Uh, we, we're, we're almost one and a half hours in. Uh, guys, any parting words before the big game? This is it. Marcial, let's start with you. Uh, I, I don't know what to say. I, one part of me would want this Sunday that will come not to exist. like Because <laughs> at the same time, uh, Marseille is playing against Lyon uh, later in the, in the night. So there, there's a world in which my Monday would be the most tragic Monday of all time. Like I wouldn't be able to wake up in this Monday. I'm so stressed in advance about what could happen on Sunday. So I've written every scenario on my mind, like us winning the game with a late goal, us winning 3-0, 
Olympiacos losing 3-0 to Panathinaikos, uh, the game not playing, uh, not being played entirely due to uh, riots on the stadium and stuff like that. I mean, I, every scenario on my mind and I'm just waiting for the game to to confirm if one scenario is true or not. I'm both worried and excited at the same time. So weird. Well, Martial is chilled. How about you, Costa? I feel like I'm kind of sleepwalking towards that match. It's like, it's. I know it's on Sunday, but I can't kind of believe that it is this Sunday. And I just, I really don't know what to expect. I, I haven't, like, I imagine Martial's kind of, done all the scenarios in his head and been like, oh, if we win one nil, then, you know, I can go to the office the next day and, you know, face <laughs> things a little bit different from our three nil and, you know, preparing myself mentally. Honestly, I'm, uh, I think, you know, we've seen so much this season and experienced so much disappointment already that I'm going into this game expecting anything from a, from a, you know, from defeat to victory to a draw, whatever it is, obviously, you know, the only thing we can hope for is that we go there we, and we win. Um, and to be honest with you at this stage as well, I couldn't give a shit. Like I would, I would trade a shit performance to win than making a good performance and not winning. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's one of those games. You just have to go, um, you have to go into that game with, with Tabuka and, you know, tomorrow the fans are going to the to the training. Is that a good thing, or is it going to put more pressure on them, make them anxious? I don't know. It, it really like this. This Sunday is so important in in so many ways for, for, for this. Them too. Like yeah, exactly. Like for this for this team for those players and what they show uh on, on on sunday and i hope tomorrow we'll really fire them up i i expect one of those i expect one of those Orizopoli type games i i think the, the atmosphere over there is going to be fiery <laughs> yeah it's going to be a fiery atmosphere it's going to be raucous it's going to be tough atmosphere to play in but i think we i think we do have players with with character that uh, that you know they've experienced those kinds of those kinds of stadiums before those kinds of atmospheres, so so yeah, anxious, excited, all emotions just you know hitting each other right now, and uh, I'm sure I'm going to get super anxious like 30 minutes before kickoff. But for the moment, it, it kind of it still seems far away, even though it's. Yeah, less than two days away if you're in Greece. Well, guys, I mean, like I said, I mean, a win is going to unlock so many things. It's going to unlock great. It's, it's going to unlock. It's going to bring a lot of morale for Olympiacos. It's going to be the first big game they win. It's going to be a hellacious atmosphere. So if they manage to win the, under, under those kind of circumstances, that could uh, create more, a better mentality uh, for Olympiacos. Uh, and it could also create a complex for Panathinaikos because that would be their first defeat and that could kind of uh, make them ask questions. Guys, until then, uh, this is all the time we have. Please don't forget to like and subscribe to grow our channel. Uh, you can follow Martial at uh, Olibiakos Efer as well as his wonderful work for La Nouvelle Republique. You can follow Costa at, at Olibiakos EU and you can follow me at, at Llanos Costas and follow my work at The Sun. Guys, 
Thank you so much for joining me, Costa, uh, Marcial. Thank you so much for being with us. And guys, of course, our fans, always by our side. We always appreciate you. Onwards and upwards, Sunday's coming. Let's see what happens. Have a great evening, everyone. Oh, <laughs>